Welcome to Humboldt Last Week. My name is Miles Cochran. This is a way to hear highlights from Humboldt's last week while you're in go mode on iTunes, SoundCloud, KimKemp.com, and top podcast platforms. Please keep telling your friends about this. Connect at HumboldtLastWeek.com or on Facebook. Uh, letting you know before you head down the rabbit hole, this sometimes features explicit content. Thank you so much to those of you for getting in touch with me with comments or ideas. Definitely makes this thing better, so please keep that up. Partnership this week comes from Bongo Boy Studio. Catchy local band The Carmonauts recently wrapped up part of their album there. Light escapes under these dark stars. The new album Moonstone has been reviewed and acclaimed by indie music blogs around the world. Now available for pre-order on iTunes. Look into where it was recorded locally at bongoboystudio.com. And Ferndale Music Company with John Craigie playing at the Old Steeple on November 8th. I am He's a singer-songwriter comparable to John Prine. Humorous, witty, gracious, an incredible storyteller. Oh, and he gets fan mail from Chuck Norris. Hollis Peach will play too. Should be a great show. That's John Craigie at the Old Steeple in Ferndale, November 8th. Tickets at FerndaleMusicCompany.com. How about that new bar headed to Old Town Eureka? It'll have an arts and crafts theme. According to Loco, arts and drafts will be inspired by a spot in Portland, but it'll have its own style, Humboldt style. The owner wants it to be comfy. It'll be set in a historic building pretty close to the bay in Old Town with pre-made craft kits and local beer, wine, and cider. And arts and drafts is going to open as early as next month. Hope the prices are good. Well, I definitely hope they find that 14-year-old boy who was last seen at Eureka High School. Fingers crossed he's safe and okay. Apparently, he's a good student, and this was super unexpected. They think he may be headed to Central California or Nevada. Jesus Tejada, also known as Chewy, is five foot nine, black hair, 170 pounds. You can find the poster at KimKemp.com. I'll link that as well. There's that alleged melee on the waterfront near the Adorney Center in Eureka. You hear about that? I guess some dude stabbed a couple people that were there to drink booze. I saw Kim Kemp reported the suspect was held at gunpoint before he was arrested for attempted murder. Dude apparently tacked on more charges later when he resisted cops and broke stuff in the interview room. It's not very smart, bud. Uh, they're working on making the old budget inn along 101 near the courthouse in Eureka less um, closed and shitty looking less infested you know maybe more up to code according to channel three there's no timetable yet about when the motel will reopen possibly an out-of-town murderer arrested south of trinidad the sheriff's office arrested that guy who allegedly killed someone over in florida According to Loco, the guy apparently came to Humboldt to hide. He was considered armed and dangerous, so they brought out the SWAT team to bring him in. Good work, officers. Florida detectives were here questioning the guy shortly after his arrest. <laughs> Pennywise the clown on the riding mower at HSU. Did you see that? University feeding into the circus that was Humboldt Halloween. It's like, one red balloon floating for a deadly guy. Hope you had a blast on Halloween. 
Uh, Sheriff Hansel stopped by Hatcher. They're a nonprofit that does harm reduction. One thing they do is give out clean needles to drug users in exchange for dirty ones, which not everyone agrees on. Hatcher believes if more people learn about their practices, less people will be critical. In this post, they wrote the sheriff was the first law enforcement officer to come for a tour, hear what they do, and discuss what's happening in the community. A drug-sniffing dog at the high school in Miranda caused some parents to voice their concerns. They were talking about this online, saying they didn't get a heads up about the Paw Patrol. The sheriff's office told Kim Kemp they were just there on other business at the school's request. They were not looking for drugs, and the pooch was well-received by students. McGruffin to see here, folks. Uh, allegedly, a couple of kids stole some beer from Ray's in McKinleyville. One of them hurt a couple employees, resisted cops after running away. No beer is worth all that. Although I really want to know what beer they tried to take. Like, we could all agree if they did this over natural ice or something, it would be way worse, right? <laughs> no excuse for what they did. I mean, if it was a delicious local brew, you'd say, oh, they're idiots. But at least they're idiots with taste. One of the kids got rowdy and got tased, by the way. That didn't do much. They had to struggle with him for a bit. Other kid was not as rowdy. Anyway, good job, officers. I was talking about parents needing to take their kiddos to the doctor in Eureka or McKinleyville. A lot of them use Eureka Peds, right? Well, they're closing by the end of the year, reportedly impacting 10,000 patients. They're saying they can't get enough doctors to work there to stay in business. Five of their doctors are said to be trying to stay in the area, and it looks like Open Door wants them. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of hard work to do to make sure this transition works, changing a lot of things for a lot of patients. Fingers crossed for those families. More on this ongoing sad state of affairs for Humble. According to a recent report shared by the Times Standard, there are more kids in the foster care system and less beds. There are, however, some upcoming get-togethers in Eureka on the 6th and 20th for people wanting to do one of the best things ever, become a foster parent. So let me know if you want the details on that and I'll get them to you. Wow, this is wild. The suspected burglar was shot with a rubber shotgun round down in Shelter Cove. It's said he was shot after he became combative and was maybe reaching for a weapon. Sheriff's officer told Kim Kemp the shot did not look like it had killed him. She got a picture. I think you can maybe see some blood where he was shot in the leg. Apparently, the homeowner saw this going down remotely on a security cam and called some friends to help her out. Craziness. And maybe you saw this. President Trump nominated a guy from Humboldt to be a U.S. attorney. According to the Times Standard, McGregor Scott is 54, graduated from St. Bernard's. He's actually repped the Eastern District as U.S. attorney once before, mostly during the George W. Bush years, and Trump wants him to do it again. And the guy appears to have bipartisan support, getting a nod from Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein. He's a Republican and served in the Army Reserve for 23 years. Congrats to uh, McGregor Scott on his success. All right, this is Humboldt Last Week, and I'm chatting with North Coast Journal editor Thaddeus Greenson.
Well, I think it's safe to say Humboldt's court system could be better in general. Uh, a lot of cases getting delayed lately. It seems like things are crawling. And with that in mind, at the same time, one of Humboldt's main lawyer bosses in the middle of an ongoing lawsuit. David Marcus has faced criticism over how he was hired. The lawsuit I just mentioned, 17 of his own employees uh, at one point in time said he was unqualified. Uh, an alleged verbal assault even on one of his employees. So yeah, we're looking at the public defender's office. They rep people that cannot afford a lawyer. Uh, it's that part of the Miranda rights you hear on Law and Order. You know, if you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. Sad. We were talking about that earlier. You know, after Humboldt's version of Mariska Hargitay or whatever says the Miranda rights to whoever, uh, a huge chunk of Humboldt would be able to qualify to use the public defender's office, right? Yeah, the the majority of uh, you know citizens in Humboldt County absolutely qualify for uh, representation from the public defender. So David Marcus, he's the public defender boss. He took over back in February, and some people have been taking issue with him. Why is he facing criticism? Um, a number of reasons. I, some, you know, initially some felt the process, um, the hiring process was was unfair, um, and uh, the interview panel that the county set up um, to interview candidates had. Uh, the district attorney, the under sheriff, and the chief probation official for the county all on it. And so some felt like it was very, you know, these people are, are traditionally kind of adversaries to the public defender's office in, in court. Um, so they felt like maybe the deck was stacked with some people who had a vested interest in, you know, in having a, a weaker public defender or one who is um, more likely to kind of work hand in hand with them on uh, on prosecutions and cases. And there wasn't one defense attorney on that panel? There was not, no. There wasn't a defense attorney or any type of legal expert other than the, the district attorney, the, the county's chief prosecutor. So just because of the nature of, of that panel, um, some people you know, took a pretty jaundiced view of, of this newcomer coming in. Um, and then, um, you know, his, I guess his resume didn't do a lot to alleviate that. Um, there was, uh, kind of instantly some questions about, um, what he'd been doing for the last five years. Um, his, he had been the head public defender of Lassen County, um, but had left that post in, um, in 2011. Um, and had been working as a insurance claims adjuster primarily in Florida um, since then. And so some people felt like somebody who had been outside of, uh, you know, the realm of criminal law in California for so long, um, you know, and that when he left Lassen County, that was prior to, to the state's realignment laws and just the, kind of the sea change in, in the way criminal justice is carried out in, in uh, California. Um, folks felt like he was... Probably not the best candidate, and probably ill prepared to come over and take come take this office over. So yeah, his resume, you know, the hiring process, all of that, it leads to people challenging whether or not he meets the minimum standards to have his job, and that's kind of the basis of that lawsuit, right? That's absolutely the basis of the lawsuit. Um, yeah, there's a uh, a statute in California that, in order to be um, eligible to become a, a a public defender, one must have spent the year preceding their hire or appointment um, uh, practicing law in all of the courts of California. Um, and so that's somewhat ambiguous. There's there's certainly different arguments as to what that means, but um, the allegation in the lawsuit is that uh, David Marcus doesn't doesn't meet that. All of the courts in California. How many courts are in California? <laughs> that's a key question to uh, to the lawsuit. Um, 
So, I mean, obviously, county California has 58 counties um, with lots of courtrooms, and um, and it has appellate courts and the superior court and, and all kinds of things like that. Um, so the county is taking the argument that kind of if you read that statute literally, um, that's, you know, then somebody would have had to, you know, spent the entire year before they were hired traveling the entire state and um, practicing yeah. law in every single courtroom. Um, they're saying that really that just means that the the person needed to have been eligible to practice law in all of the courts of California for the year prior. Um, now, Patrick Griego, the the lawyer who's brought the lawsuit, is is arguing that um, it means that they need to have spent the year prior practicing in both criminal and civil courts. Did I hear something about, you know, in the midst of all of this, a certain county supervisor looking at this story and basically saying, oh, this is just a political witch hunt to bring in an audience? Um, well, actually, that wasn't a supervisor. The, the county council has has argued that in uh, in its in its pleadings in the case. Um, mm-hmm. So they've essentially said, you know, county council's one of their arguments in the case is that um, there was a couple people who are uh, a couple people working in the public defender's office who were passed over for this job. They were candidates and had applied, um, and that this just is kind of sour grapes. And it's a uh, people making. Um, you know, a bunch of fuss about what was in essence a political decision. Um, I thought there was a KINS interview where a certain county supervisor was saying this was sort of, you know, fake news. He said it was fake news. And yes, uh, Supervisor Rex Bone uh, was on Talk Shop. This was some months ago, but um, I don't think he used the word term witch hunt, but essentially he said that it was... um, that uh, it was a media-crafted um, controversy and that it was uh, we needed to sell papers, so we were writing about this and saying bad things about the uh, <laughs> the public defender for no reason other than to, uh, you know, move our papers. Is that true? No. <laughs> we, we have plenty of things to write about, um, as I think uh, at least 17 current and former employees of the public defender's office would argue. So, you know, a lot of lawyers in the public defender's office, they've been resigning. Uh, Former public defender and local defense attorney Patrick Griego uh, believes that these lawyers are resigning due to a lack of supervision from David Marcus. And Thad, you've talked with a public defender about why they left. What did they say? I did. I've, I've I've spoken to a few of the public defenders who have left the office. Um... And a couple of them were um, kind of honest about how they felt there were problems in the office, but said essentially that they got job offers that they would have taken anyway and just couldn't pass up. Um, But one, um, Heidi Holmquist, who um, is is a pretty high-profile defense attorney locally, she um, rather um, famously got uh, acquittals in in two murder cases, which is really rare um, within about an 18-month period. but she was really blunt in saying that um, the impact that David Marcus has had on the office has been so negative that kind of it went from being a, a dream job that she loved and never thought of leaving to something she just couldn't endure anymore and, and that she had to leave. Well, I saw some reports of volatile situations in that office as well. I'm sure that did not help. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about that, um, some sort of verbal assault? Yeah, so there's, um, you know, there's not, um, I guess I don't know a ton of information about it, but a um, pretty early in Marcus's tenure, um, 
there was a police report filed um, that an employee of his office had um, um, went to the Eureka police station to make kind of a, a formal report um, and said that uh, that Mr. Marcus had been really angry and yelling and she felt um, like he had kind of cornered her in the office to some extent. Um, and what, it wasn't in no way physical, but um, was just very angry and, um, and uh, um, verbally somewhat abusive. And uh, so the Eureka Police Department took a report but said that basically they and um, – and the quote unquote victim the you know the person who was making the report agreed that there was no indi- no indication that Mr. Marcus had broken any laws or anything like that um but agreed to just kind of document the incident um in case anything happened down the line well, I think we've been hearing a lot about case delays uh, in the court system here in Humble. Um, they're not all related to the public defender's office, but would you say that some of these issues within the public defender's office are contributing to these court delays we're seeing headlines about? Yeah, um, certainly. They're, um, I mean, first, they're, the, the Humboldt County Courthouse has just been overburdened with its caseload for, you know, going back years. And so um, you certainly can't attribute um, all or, or even a, a majority of the delays to the public defender's office. Um, but, um, you know, there was a case of a murder, ca- uh, a murder case in Fortuna that was delayed because um, public uh, deputy public defender, you know, essentially said that there had been kind of an exodus of attorneys from the public defender's office, and he was having to pick up extra cases and just wasn't prepared to go to a, you know, it was going to be a, a multi-week trial, um, and uh, and so that that case was put off, I think, four months or something like that to give kind of the, the office time to stabilize and uh, and get back to full staffing. Well, I'm no lawyer, but I mean, just to me as a layman, it sounds like the right to a speedy trial is a little loose here in some cases. <laughs> um, yeah, it can be, you know, I mean, there's, so I guess there, there's a couple of things there. One is that, um, you know, everybody has that absolute right um, to, you know, to a preliminary hearing within 10 days and the trial within 60 um, where it gets complicated is most people waive that right because, you know, if you're accused of a crime, you want to have as much time to kind of formulate as strong a defense as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but when, you know, when there's a I guess where it gets interesting in the specific case is when your attorney just can't, you know, can't find the time in their day because they have such a heavy caseload to help you prepare for trial, then, you know, it is you could argue that it is a violation of um, you know of your rights to uh, to have your case heard quickly. So there's an upcoming hearing November 13th. Um, what could we expect then? Uh, it's really unknown at this point. So um, you know Patrick Griego has asked the court to set a hearing on the merits of the case, um, and so this would be you know theoretically kind of the final hearing after which a judge would decide whether or not Davis Mar- David Marcus is qualified to hold this job. Um, but um, after the court set that, that date, that November 13th date, um, the county has since filed an opposition to it, saying that um, they need more time to prepare their case for trial. They need to depose witnesses, which they haven't done yet, and uh, saying that that November 13th date should really just be a date for the parties to talk about you know, what a realistic schedule is and when they can actually reset the state. So um, it's going to be up to a judge to decide 
whether um, the case will proceed on November 13th or if they'll just kind of talk about scheduling and, and schedule another date down the road. So the county's asking more time, and there's actually already been an allegation, a worry um, on Griego's side about this being intentionally dragged out until it doesn't matter anymore. Could you talk more on that? Yeah, so um, Patrick Griego is, is concerned and has, I think, indicated in, in his, his motions in the case that, um, you know, that there's some urgency here, that the, the statute in question is about whether an attorney has practiced law in, in California for the, for the year preceding their appointment. Um, and we're, the anniversary of David Marcus's hire is, I believe, February 8th. So we're kind of moving towards that date. And he's concerned that if we get to the, even if his lawsuit is successful and the judge says that, you know, at the time that David Marcus was hired, he wasn't qualified, um, that if that happens after February 8th, the county could say, okay, well, he wasn't qualified at that time, but we're just going to rehire him today because he's been practicing law here in California for a year. Um, so I think that's, that's Patrick Crago's concern. Wow. Well, if there's any merit to the criticisms that David Marcus has uh, faced, you know, I keep having this thought of, you know, a hypothetical situation of an innocent person being charged and they cannot afford a lawyer and, you know, because of staffing issues and uh, supervision issues, uh, that person can't get the defense they deserve. Is that a far off base thought? No, I mean, I, I'm not um, making a judgment about, um, you know, whether David, whether or not David Marcus is capable, but um, certainly the, I would say that the, the public defender's office um, anywhere really, but in Humboldt County, especially because we have so many um, low income households is just a hugely important function. Um, you know, it, it, rep it defends, I think like 80% of the, the criminal cases filed in Humboldt County. Um, so you're talking about a huge amount of people that, that this office is uh, responsible for defending. Um, and, you know, I think it's in all of our best interests that, that the office does a good job with that. Um, both, you know, because they're, but for the grace of God, go I, and any of us could, you know, end up wrongly accused someday. Um, but also because, you know, as you were talking about the backlog of cases earlier, um, our court system really depends on a healthy public defender's office that knows what it's doing and can move cases through the system. Well, I reached out to David Marcus to see if he wanted to be in on this story. Uh, I have not heard back, uh, but I did see, you know, something about him kind of feeling in limbo, you know, not moving his family here yet with all of this up in the air. How do you think he's handled himself with all of this? I think that he, I mean, I think it's obviously a, a difficult for, situation for him to come into um, that, you know, kind of whatever you, one might think of his qualifications, um, you know, nobody wants to step into a job where, uh, you know, people are skeptical of you before you even kind of walk in the door. Um, but, you know, what I've heard from employees of the office um, that has been frustrating to them is that, you know, they feel like he hasn't really addressed it head on, um, that he um, has kind of been been strolling along as, as though this issue doesn't exist or they would have preferred kind of him, you know, after his hire to kind of ha call a staff meeting or something and address everybody saying, I know there's this elephant in the room and I'm aware it's there and some people think I'm not qualified. I think I am and I'm going to do my best to prove it to you or something like that. Um, and they've been pretty critical of him for not kind of taking that step of addressing it. Um, 
Well, you've established relationships with just a huge number of attorneys um, since you've been working in a journalism capacity here, Thad. Uh, has anybody had anything good to say about his leadership? Um, I, other than county council, um, I can't say that I have spoken to an attorney who has really said anything positive Um about him. Um, you know, I, I've talked to people who have kind of pledged their, pleaded for patience and saying, you know, everybody needs to give the guy a chance. Um, none of those folks, I think, really have, have worked closely with him or had, you know, kind of had an opinion one way or another about his job performance. Um, and um, I have talked to people from some of his other stops, um, you know, when he was a deputy district attorney in in uh, San Bernardino County or um, the head public defender in Lassen who, who did have some positive things to say about him. Um, well, I, guess I, should add, I, I guess I should add I spoke to more people in both of those stops who had negative things to say about him, though. But, um, mm-hmm. but there were some that definitely spoke highly of the guy. So it's not all bad. It's not all good. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add, Thad? Uh, no, I think, I think you've covered it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Really, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, Thad. As usual, the most frequent guest on Humboldt last week, by the way. You just got that crown. so I will wear it proudly. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Thad. I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Miles. Happy to come on anytime. Hey, one more time, I want to thank the partners on this week's episode, Bongo Boy Studio. Check them out at bongoboystudio.com. And Ferndale Music Company with John Craigie playing at the Old Steeple November 8th. Please like Humboldt Last Week on Facebook or go to HumboldtLastWeek.com. Please tell a friend, and I'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Humboldt Last Week.